Um, so today, um, we have a baptism Sunday, and we do these once in a while and not very often, um, but you know what? They are fun days. So we have a number of people that are going to be baptized, so maybe the service will be a little different and a little shorter, but um, uh, it, is, it is a powerful thing to, to, to connect with what baptism is about. You know, there were two ordinances given to the church. Jesus only gave the New Testament church two ordinances to follow. One was to be baptized in water after you received him as Lord and Savior. That is not baby baptism. That is not being sprinkled. That is not, that is not being consecrated. That's really, you know, that's really parental dedication. It's not baby dedication. You know that you can't, <laughs> we call it baby dedication, but the baby's not dedicating nothing. It's the parents that are dedicating to raise that baby in the ways of the Lord, you know. And so that's, that's a good thing, and we do that, you know, but, but, but Jesus said that we ought to be water baptized, and we'll go through a couple of scriptures on that. But the, the other one, of course, is communion or breaking of bread. That's the only other ordinance. I mean, we have got so far off into Christian traditions. Yes, us too. We have, we got so far off into Christian traditions. You cannot find anywhere in the New Testament, make sure that you celebrate Christmas. Nowhere in the Bible does it talk about Jesus' birth being celebrated as a church ordinance. But we've made it one. And Lord, it's so holy ground. You just touch on that and you're going to be, you know, just about lambasis. It's like, hey, listen, I've got nothing against having a little Christmas tree and playing whatever games you want to with it and giving each other presents. That's cool. But it's not in the Bible is what I'm saying. I, I, stop going so quiet. I was like, you know, it's like, it's just like, and here's, here's, here's an even another one. Okay, get ready. Buckle up. Buttercup. Easter. We celebrate Easter when every time we break bread. We celebrate His death and resurrection every time we break bread. We have the communion elements every Wednesday that we have there. And some Sundays we do it. We don't do it very often on Sundays, but every now. But those, the, this, is, this is how we celebrate the, the death of the Lord and, and what He did for us. And we make that real to us. And that is huge. We're going to be touching on communion in this, in this next little series that I want to, to, to get into. But today... Is, is an important thing because baptism is hugely powerful. We have ritualized everything Jesus gave us and taken its power away. When we turn something into a ritual, whether it's communion or baptism even, if it just becomes a ritual, it loses its power. If communion becomes a ritual, it loses its power because that's just religion, people. We're not religious here. I'm sorry if you're looking for religion... You, we try our best, okay? No, 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 not for religion. We try not to do, but but no, no. Listen, it, it you you will it will take it will steal what it's intended for. But 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 baptism um, wasn't intended to be a ritual. In fact, in First Corinthians chapter one, Paul talks about baptism, and and you you and we can go through some scriptures because um, let me just say this first. A bunch of people in the book of Acts were baptized that you know. Jesus was baptized. You know that, right? Of course. Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And then, um, uh, you know, uh, 
Saul was baptized, and Cornelius was baptized, and Lydia was baptized, and all of these, the Philippian jailer, every one of them will say, uh, the the Ethiopian eunuch, every one of them you will see, as soon as they believed, they were baptized. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people received and were baptized. Okay? So baptism, we can't deny what it's there for. In fact, it had gone so far to the other end, people believed so much in baptism that they believed that you couldn't get saved or you couldn't go to heaven without it. And that that is actually very alive and well in many places. Jesus didn't say, we wouldn't have to repent from dead works. We are saved by grace through faith, not by grace, faith, and baptism. Okay? And so I know the scriptures well, as, as do you, I'm sure, in, in, in Matthew 28, where Jesus says, go and preach the gospel and make disciples of all names, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So baptism is a thing, but baptism isn't what saves you. It isn't magic water. So the Corinthians had taken it so far that in 1 Corinthians 15, they were being baptized for the dead, just in case they didn't get baptized. They were, they were allowing themselves to like, well, I don't know about auntie. I know she believed in Jesus, so I'm, you better baptize me on behalf of her. That is in the Bible. But listen, Bible interpreta- interpretation, you've got to see things by two or three witnesses. That is not taught in the church. Nowhere do the apostles teach it. It is mentioned because Paul does say to them, talks about being baptized for the dead. Baptized, that is not something that Jesus or the apostles taught. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, but, but Paul says right in the beginning of Corinthians, he says, I didn't come to baptize. I came to preach the gospel. So you see, you've got to interpret the word of God as a wholesome. You can't just take one verse. We just love doing that. We suck out one little verse and we look at it through this little channel. Uh, Let me just see this. You see, that word talks about they put Baptist for the dead in one sentence or in a half a sentence. So we make a doctrine out of it. Whoa, careful. We don't create doctrine with one one piece of a sentence. But sadly, people do. And, and you've got to see what grace is and what faith is and what, what our salvation is being, being saved by grace through faith. In fact, baptisms is part of the foundations of the faith, right? That in, in, we see it in Hebrews, chapter, in Hebrews chapter 6 or at the end of 5. I'm going to touch on this in, in verse 11. Um, we have much to say about this because it's hard to explain because you're slow to learn. Sadly. He said, like, you've got, you got to slow down because you are slow to learn. In fact, by this time, you ought to be teachers. Say, by this time. <laughs> by this time, you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let's leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundations of repentance from acts that lead to death, of faith in God, instructions about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment, and God permitting, we'll do so. Now, we go through those in D group. Because they are foundations. But he says the whole point of foundations is to be a foundation. (laughs) 
You can't have a building without a foundation. You can't grow strong. You, your, your Christian work, work and your ability to grow will be stunted if you don't know what the foundations are. And one of the foundations are baptisms. And it's plural, baptisms. Some people teach three baptisms. Some te- people go into others. They talk about five baptisms because they talk about the baptism of fire and they talk about this. But, but, but we teach, we, we go into that in, in D group because it is a foundation, but it's saying, listen, we don't want to just keep living in the baptism. We don't want to keep here on the foundations. We've got to walk on to maturity. We've got to, we've got to lay on and grow if we want to grow, right? And so, and so baptisms is one of the foundations. And so... Depending on where you've come um, from your religious upbringing, if you have been sprinkled or dunked or whatever, and, and you, you did not know that it was supposed to follow when you believed on Christ, when you believed in Jesus, when you were saved. You know, it's Romans 10 clearly says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, right? But we, we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved, Praise God. When a, when a conscious person, a, 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 what's the word, Con- not conscious, when, when a, uh, an understanding person makes that decision to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they should be baptized. And I know many people will have some people baptized today because they never realized what they were doing when they got baptized. And it's okay. You don't have to. But if you would like to, not today, mind you, we've got nine people getting baptized today. But it's just like, but if you want to be baptized and you want to connect with baptism, that's fine. You can do that. But, but don't get all bent out of shape with what I'm trying to say. Don't try and think that it's, it, I, can't, I can't be born again without baptism. No, that's, that's not what's taught. Is it something, it is an ordinance. It is something, I'm going to say it again, you're supposed to do to believe and to, to be baptized. As I said, Paul or Saul at the time, the Ethiopian eunuch, Lydia, the Philippian, you name it. They, they, we can go through those scriptures in detail, but I don't think, I think you hear me. I mean, it's, it's just something uh, that we don't want to spend a lot of time on. But this is, there is a, there's a powerful truth in baptism that I want you to connect with. And, it's, and, and, and this is a well-known scripture. Well, let me say this first. I, I mentioned this, and I'm going to be saying it again in, in a few a number of weeks here. You and I, depending on how we've grown up, you and I do not live in reality. You and I live in our each own uh, personal perception of reality. There's a big difference. You and I live in your perception of reality. But you see, as soon as you think that I know everything and I see everything as real, you're going to be limited because one, you will not be teachable. Two, you will not have to do the very first thing Jesus said was to repent. The word repent literally means to change your mind and be willing to change your mind. So when Jesus says repent and believe, that's what he means. You've got to be, you've got to, we've got to, the only way to, in, to actually enter into the kingdom of God is to have a repentant attitude. We live and we are constantly in a place where we are allowing ourselves and our mindsets and our mind to be renewed and to align with God's view and opinion. There is only one view and opinion that's accurate and that's his. Okay? His view and opinion is as it is. In fact, that's what 
one of the many understandings of the word glory. If you go and understand, look at the word glory and you look it up in the Thayer's dictionary, you will see view, opinion, judgment. It's his view and it's his opinion. And uh, yes, there's, uh, there is, uh, there's splendor and, sh- and shining and all of those things. But if you go and, if you go and study extensively the word glory, it's, it's a very multifaceted word because you will use it, it's used in, very, in, in many contexts. And I don't want to go into all of that today because we'd have to spend a while teaching on all of those. But if it interests you, look up the word glory and see in every sentence in the New Testament how it's been used. But one of the ways, it, it is a view and opinion. God's view and opinion, which is true reality. And so we've got to understand that as we, if you want to live in truth, if you want to experience God's life, you have to be prepared to see things the way he sees things. And be willing to let go of the way you thought they were because of your traditions or whatever you've grown up in. Jesus said, your traditions have made the word of God to no effect. It's made it void. You nullify the grace of work God, the, the grace of, of God's word. You make void. There's, 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 we can disempower God's word. We do disempower it. So, so understand this, that the sooner you understand, well, I don't know everything, believe it or not, no matter what you tell your wife or husband, you know, um, and we can embrace his reality. That's a super important part. This is important because... Because there's three parts to us, right? We all know. We have a body, this body, earth suit. We have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, as it defined. And we have our born-again spirit, if you're born again, that is. Um, You have your spirit that is born again. You are a three-part being, okay? Um, So... As, as, as we, I'm going, to, I'm going to get lost here in a second if I go too deep. But when you, when you understand that your soul, your, 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 your soul is basically where your ego is. Now, we, none of us like to acknowledge our ego. Our, our, we defend our ego, especially guys. We've got egos. We can be egotistical, and that can be men or women. But we ego, we try and defend our views because we feel that my being right is my is my justification. I, if I'm, I, I can find my worth in being right. Anybody been there? Anybody still there? We are all there to some degree. So your mind, your head, will defend your ego. Your soul, your mind, your unrenewed mind will always defend because that's where you get your worth from. You are, where, while, while we're still trying to get our, you see, we, we try and defend, and so we're quick to jump into arguments and to fights, and, and it's the cause of mega stuff in, our, in the world, mega bitterness, mega anger, because we suddenly want to defend ourselves. No, it wasn't right. It was this. It was right. No, you're wrong. You're right. You're right. Argue on Facebook. Who does it? Who's right? Wow. What does it matter? So you're right. Yay. You get a gold star. Well done. But you see, then you strut. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. He's wrong. He's wrong. He's wrong. Whatever the case is. However you, you know, but we do it all in different areas. Some people's ego needs a, you know, they, they pursue, and people spend money 
because uh, whatever, on, on whatever it is, like looking the right part because that's how they get their worth so that my ego, my ego is manifest. Or degrees, get a whole bunch of degrees. So I've got to have access. But you see, that is all of the flesh. That is the soul realm. Now, you've heard me teach on the heart, and, and we always got to go back to the heart. But, but your heart is where you carry your belief systems. Those aren't your ideas. That's not your intellect. That's your belief. And when you, if you hear me teach extensively about the heart, you will hear it. It's with your heart that you doubt. It says in Mark 11, believe in your heart, not doubting. Romans 10 says, if you believe in your heart, it talks you, you believe in your heart. It talks about, it says it in many places, Old and New Testament, your heart, your heart is not your soul or your spirit. It's like that place, that core of you, where all three of those parts come together. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. It's your belief system. And you, Jesus said, have control of what you put in your heart. You have got to guard your heart, it says in, in Proverbs. If, listen, if, why would you be told to guard your heart above all else if it wasn't your responsibility? It's not God's responsibility. It's yours. You have to guard your heart. You have to get the truth because it's my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, right? And that's, but you see, we in the West, man, we have got a, I mean, I'm going to go off on this and lose time. I've got to watch my time here. In the West, we pursue information like crazy because we get our worth from information. What's the right information? And it, and it actually has been since early days, we can put, and, and I'm not going to, we'll, we'll get, we'll get on, let me just leave that there. We'll, we'll, we'll go there later on in the, in the series. But this famous scripture that you well, you know well in um, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. Man, is that the most unbelieved scripture we all know it here. Oh, everyone, I'm a new creature. But we, we even hear it. I hear it clearly. Oh, well, you, you know, that's just a sinful nature speaking. Light bulb. If you like watch Gru and the Minions, light bulb. You don't have a sinful nature. If you believe the scripture, it says the old has passed away. You are a new creature. When you were born again, instantly you were given new creation status. The problem is, you don't know it. You are playing, you are playing, you are trapped in a mind game of your reality, your matrix, your little belief system that says, no, I still have an old nature. And because you believe you have an old self nature, you act like it. You see, the journey of 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 <laughs> the journey of of coming into Christ, and we see this in Ephesians four and in Colossians three, is 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 dying, is letting the old man die. Now that's not sorry, that is not a present continuous tense. That is understanding the old man did die. When you understand that he did die and that you are a new creature, the journey is persuading yourself of the truth 
persuading your belief system, your heart, and your mind of the truth that that is who I am in Christ. And there are so many scriptures that go that talk about this. Okay, so Romans chapter 6, I'm going to jump down to there. For do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? You were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. You're kind of a zombie. <laughs> kind of. I thought about, I thought about causing this, 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 this title, zombie, but I, I called it Dead Men Tells No Tales because I just, I just, the, the pirate in me was coming out. Arr, <laughs> you know. But, but, but it's a very important piece to understand that, that you're actually dead. That old man actually died. And so it says that you were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. And so when you get baptized, you get to just, this doesn't actually kill you. You just get to acknowledge in the act that my old men died and was raised to newness of life. That's what this means. But you see, we don't get taught that. So we go around thinking we have an old nature. Acting like we have an old nature. We, don't, we, we read the fruit of the Spirit and we just kind of wish that one day they would be given to us. Because we don't believe that they were given to us. That the Spirit of God came on the inside of us and every one of the fruit of the Spirit became ours. Because I have newness of life. I'm a new creature. Every one of those, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, all of those are mine. That's who I am. And guess what? You have self-control. So you who say, oh, well, I don't have any self-control. You're liar. You're lying to yourself. You are at odds against the word of God because it says you do have it. You did not, you, and you see this journey is a journey of persuading yourself of truth. That is already. Does that sound like something to you? That's called faith, people. Faith is believing what already is. It is not trying to get something from God that isn't. Just say that again. Faith believes what is. It doesn't try and get something that isn't. You're not buying anything from God with some kind of commodity called faith. No. You're believing what is because he said it. Not going to be. That's why Jesus said in Mark 11, 23, 24. Believe that you have received it and you will experience it. Amen. There... I, I, I'm going to run out of time. I really know it. I've just got to, Jesus help me here. I've just got to, I will go back in this, in this next series, I will unpack these concepts. Some. But in, in Colossians um, chapter 3, I'm going to uh, verse 1. If you then have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth, for you have died. You dead thing, you. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. You see? All of these scriptures are lined. And we can carry on. There's more. 
For Galatians 3.27, For as many of you who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Colossians 2.8, Having been buried with Him in baptism, you were also raised with Him. Did I read that one already? No, I didn't. Two. Yeah, sorry, I was getting confused here for a second. No, I hadn't. Having been buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised with Him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised Him from the dead, and you who were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, God has made alive together with with Him, having forgiven all our trespasses. You see, the grace of Jesus... The grace of our Lord Jesus is so magnificent that he, having forgiven us all our sins, that, that is not even hardly believed. And I could go so on a tangent with belief that, but do you know that every one of your sins were forgiven? Yeah. There is no sin that needs to be forgiven. It was forgiven in the cross. That is what the cross is all about. Please go through D group if you haven't already because we teach about faith righteousness and the good news because that is the power of the good news. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, it says in Isaiah 53. There are numerous scriptures that, I, that we'll go through about having your, you are already forgiven. forgiven. So what is confession on, in 1 John chapter 1? Because homologia, to confess, is to say the same thing. I acknowledge what he says is true. And I'm not going to go off on that here. But what I want you to see is that there is a death that happened. It was Jesus. And on the cross, the good news shows us that Jesus took the sin of the world. It says it in 1 John chapter 2. It says in Isaiah 53. It says in in Romans. It says so many places. Jesus took all our sin on him. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to become sin for us, that in him we become the very righteousness of God. You and I, when we become born again and we leave our sin, Jesus took that nature, he took that everything, and he died on that cross. And it says, that's where we are. We're united with him. In, I, know, I know that those scriptures I rattled through, you'd have to listen to a few times. I have. I've, I've read them for years. You've got to go back. You see, you have to internalize these things. You have to, you have to make these truths your new reality. Taking the truth of the word of God is putting on his glasses, if you want to call it that, to see what you cannot currently see. But it takes time and effort. It takes, and I say effort because it takes time to persuade your heart of truth. It's called renewing the mind, and you've got to get that into your heart. Well, part of it is renewing the mind because that mind is just this part. And as you establish these truths in your heart, amen, you, this is, this is identifying with the finished work of the cross, who you are. You know, I said, as I said, dead men tell no tales. When we can identify and learn how to identify that you actually died, you will not believe how much easier things are going to get because you are trying to feed a dead guy. 
You're trying to feed him emotional stuff. You're trying to feed him physical stuff. You're trying to satisfy his appetites. You're trying, we are trying to keep a dead guy alive instead of letting the dead guy die and living in new one, in, in this new life. And as we, as we identify with new life, with resurrection life, with the glory of God, our lives can change effortlessly. The effortless change just comes when we believe. We get our heart and our mind aligned with what His reality, what His truth, what His glory is. Amen. So, so let's unpack that together in the next few weeks because that is good. But, but understand, I mean, I want to challenge you. It's going to be willing to learn. Open, G, open to Jesus. Go and check out the scripture. Get, and listen, go and, go and get the, don't have a friend of mine used to, my, Mark Hodges used to, t- he came here once before from South Africa. He was my, one of my teachers in Bible school. He says, don't get preacherlitis. That's when, you, that's when you read the scripture to tell somebody else it. That's right. wow. scripture that can save us and set us free and experience this, this life that Jesus came to give us. So we're, we're going to get ready here in a, in a couple of minutes for our, for our baptism folks so they can, um, they can start getting ready. I think that the kids are going to come across here in a bit. But... Um, as, as they, they are going to be lining up in you know, just a couple here, but um, I wanted to talk about the, 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 again, baptism, what it is and what it isn't. It literally means to immerse. So baptism, when water baptism, baptizo in, in the Greek, literally means to submerge. It's the Greek word that they used when they were dyeing clothes. They would submerge it, baptizo. It's the same word they used when the ship sank. It sank. It didn't, it, it didn't get sprinkled with water, okay? So, so baptism is going under the water. It, when, when, somebody, when somebody gets baptized, they get, to, they get the privilege to tell the world, to tell you, I am identifying with that death. I am, I am connecting with that death, that death that Jesus died for me, that, that I died and I was crucified with him and I am raised to new life. Amen. So um, I just wondered what else is with, I recommend it. Yeah, I'm just looking through some of my notes here. I recommend that you do it as soon as you're born again, but it's okay to do it anytime. Um, Remember, I think I said this already, you're not saved by the work of baptism. Baptism is not something that actually saves you. It's just simply a step of obedience. To follow these wonderful examples. Amen? Cool. Amen. So, I think I'm going to ask those people to come and then we can just go in with straight into baptism. I, I don't want to go and unpack a whole bunch of other scriptures for you yet because we'll get into some of these things in the coming week. Well, praise God. This is time to be excited for those that are getting baptized. Amen? So let's celebrate with them. This is an exciting time. Now, some of you all may be thinking, you know what? That was such a good message. I believe I'm going to take a dip today. Now, you're not a part of the nine. Don't get in line. Your time will come, okay? So don't, don't get in line if you're not a part of the nine. You're not sure if you're part of the nine, then you're not sh- you shouldn't be up here. Right? All right. Praise the Lord. Get everybody to line up here. This is an exciting time.
I think we have almost everybody here. That's okay. That's, we can certainly start. Yes, the kids. Oh, the kids will come over here. Hey? Yeah. Well, we're just a touch early. So we're one minute or 30 seconds out. So that's okay. Okay. Well, Todd, I think we can start with you, sir. Okay. The ice. This is Henry Todd. Henry Todd here. Cozy, huh? <laughs> it didn't add enough ice for you. <laughs> so, Henry. Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You do realize that you're a dead man. You're just connecting to that dead man, right? I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Wife. <laughs> he was saying he had to go first because he needed it more. <laughs> Don't go twice. He did. He did offer me what tw twenty-five bucks if I would hold you down longer. <laughs> Christy, it's such a joy. We so appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome. Um, have you received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior? I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Next we have Peter Arthur Philpot. Pete. Some of you know this family's story. This has been a, a miraculous journey this last year. And, and you guys just, it's just a year, right? It's just a year, just like a year and a week that you guys have all come to be born again. And man, what an exciting, I know that all three of your children were baptized at the youth camp. So that's why they were just, um, they were in the youth camp, they were all best baptized. So isn't that awesome? Pete, have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Next we have Peter's wife, Joy Marie Philpot. I want to say real quick, you know, I was talking to Joy via text a couple weeks ago, and during the text she was talking about being baptized. But I didn't catch it at the beginning. She said, uh, yeah, Peter and I are dying on the 27th. I'm like, I forgot she was getting baptized. Well, go ahead and die, sister. You did, you did die. Joy, have you received Jesus as your Lord and then you sleep your whole life? I know it's been fun to watch this journey of yours. Baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
Next is Nakiba Smith. Jamie is one of those that said to me that he had been baptized years ago but didn't know what it was and he really wanted to be baptized again. And so it's been fun watching this renewal that you guys, you and Giselle both have just been enjoying. So you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, right? Yes, you have. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. months ago, when are we going to have a baptism? When are we going to have a baptism? <laughs> you can sit down, Lynn. You can just take a seat there. There you go. That's awesome. Okay. Then you can just walk around. You can hold your nose if you want to, but that's okay. Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? to be emotional. 
Kate had a fam- family that, I mean, she had to make some major decisions to, be have, to have a liberty. She had to take the liberty to make this step at the risk of family. decided she's following Jesus no matter what family has said. You have received Jesus as your Lord I know you know. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Joanna Marie Farlow, 10 years old. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. <laughs> hey, Joanna. This is a great step. You know, when we, with, with children, we, we like to make sure that they do know and understand what they're doing. And we never, we, we ask, and we, we've learned to ask, they really understand what they're doing and we try because we're growing in understanding we are growing so Joanna you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior yes I'm bat- you can do you want to block your nose or no okay I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Well, that was just one child. Like I said, the youth, the, the, we had a bunch of youth that were baptized on the youth camp, so that's why they've all been baptized. That, that's great. So let us know. This is, this is all for now. Um, we're, we're, thank you for being witness to this. You know, guys, this is, like I said, let's not make this a ritual ever, and let's take it to heart what these, these folks have done. And um, remember that if you have been baptized, connect with it. Just like, just like T says, giving your offering or whatever, that connecting with that offering, it's get your heart involved. Amen? So know that, as, and, and I encourage you, st- stick with us on this series as we start talking about resurrection life. Amen? Good. Well, we do have prayer ministers. If any of you here today are not born again, or if you're watching online and you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please, um, please know that you can receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you can just you can uh, uh, just text the word prayer and we'll get in touch with you. For the rest of us, let's just close our eyes for a second. Father, we, we thank you. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you, Lord, for setting us free. We thank you that you, that you died on our behalf and we can identify with that and receive your life. you're one of those people who doesn't know that they received Jesus as their Lord and Savior and you would like to, please don't go home without speaking to one of our prayer ministers. It's not a magical prayer, but it is a, it is a firm decision to make Jesus Lord and Savior of your life. Amen. You just call out to Jesus and you say, Jesus, save me. If you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You will be saved. Amen. Amen.
So if that is your decision, please come and speak to one of our prayer ministers. If you are here today and you have any need that you would like to connect with our awesome prayer ministers, they know, they know how to hear God. They know how to agree with God with you, whatever you're facing. I want to say that again too. Um, healing, particularly since we've had Brian last week and we've got access to videos and so on um, from him, uh, I want to encourage you to use these resources. God, I just wanted to, didn't you all connect with that? I mean.